0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. And I'm here to wish you a happy New Year's. Happy New Year's from all of us at the Locked On Network and everybody who comes on to the Locked On podcast, the Locked On Wolves podcast as well, everybody who comes on, I'm sure. We all wish you uh, the very best in 2018 and a very happy New Year. And Mitch, happy New Year specifically to you as well. Thanks for coming on 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 New Year's Day.
1: Absolutely, thanks for thanks for, for having me, and happy New Year to you as well, and as, as well as all the Westerns. What a what a better way to uh, kick off the new year than a Lockdown Wolves podcast, right?
0: Absolutely, and so many sports going on throughout the new year. You had all the football last, yesterday, all the NFL football. finished it off with some NBA basketball, and then you have the college football today, and the college football playoff, and a, plenty more NBA basketball as well. It's you know what, it's truly a wonderful time to be a sports fan.
1: It is, yeah, I agree. And what better way to relax after maybe uh, enjoying the New Year's Eve festivities than to sit on your couch and watch a bunch of sporting events. So that's that's a great way to relax and kind of bring in the new year, right?
0: Absolutely. That's exactly what I'll be doing. Uh, <laughs> so, both Mitch and I are contributors at ZoneCoverage.com. That's where you can find all of our written work. and. You can go there right after you're done listening to this podcast to to check out some of the pre or the post game wrap ups for the Indiana Pacers Timberwolves game that w- that happened last night. Timberwolves won 107 uh, 90. We were just kind of talking getting ready for the show that this is kind of an. Open and shut game. There was no lead changes this entire game. Uh, the Timberwolves dominated in this one. They had 58 points to 36 in the paint. Uh, they, it, kind of every stat that you look at, uh, they out rebounded the, the Pacers. They, they had uh, less turnovers than the Pacers. It was uh, 7 to 16 in favor of the Timberwolves. Pretty much every stat you look at, the, the Timberwolves dominated this game. Miles Turner was awful. Uh, Victor Depot out with the knee injury that has been kind of hampering him over the last. It has been about a week now that that's been hampering him. Uh, Jimmy Butler came out with another great game. He shot seventy-two percent, twenty-six points for him. It just a really open and shut game. The the Timberwolves just came in and really took care of business in this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, you, we, you know, like we, like you said, we talked about it before the show that you know it, it kind of seemed or basically this game from the get go was you know all Minnesota. I mean that that seventeen to zero start. Uh, to start the game off. I mean, it just kind of, you know, as soon as the ball was tipped, it seemed like basically the game was over. Minnesota, you know, just came out and they, they played really well, and which they, they needed a game like this. And it was kind of nice to, to see them, you know, have a game like this where, you know, earlier in the year, they've had games where they, you know, jump out to nicely. It feels like they have a good handle on the game. Um, and then they let their opponent back in the game. So it's, it's nice to see them, you know, get jump out to a big lead and, and hold an opponent off, and kind of making a, a boring game to some extent. But it was, you know, it was a nice win for for Minnesota, and it was really the only. I mean, they've struggled against uh, East teams this year. They're just their fourth win this year over or against a, a team in the East. So it was, I mean, like you said, you know, if, if Victor Oladipo plays, maybe you know, it's probably a little bit different. Um, obviously, if Miles Turner plays a little better, the, the the game game switches a little bit. But you know, it was it was a nice win for Minnesota, and you know, the the way they did it as well. I mean, they, you know, first night of a back to back, you're on the road. They kept their you know the, the starters minutes down, which will be huge heading into tonight's game. And then you know they they just handled the game. They they like you said, they they basically outplayed Indiana in, in every category, which was which was great to see.
0: Well, and I had three notes off of this game coming into the show today. Uh, The first one was this is kind of the first time that Towns has gone up against uh, maybe elites, the wrong word, but one of the best young centers in the NBA right now. Mm he he really came in and dominated the performance and there was no question he was the better he was the better player. He's been, he's had good games against really good NBA centers, but this was one where Miles Turner is an exceptional talent and he came in and truly dominated Turner the entire game and they didn't play him a ton of minutes but he had one point this game. He had two rebounds. So he, he he shot 0 for 5. He was just awful and Towns had the the 18 points he had 14 rebounds and six blocks he was really looking impressive especially down low and on the glass so this was a really encouraging performance from Towns I really liked what I saw from him and I know that this might be one of those games that I think outside people watching it watching the Timberwolves would qualify as kind of a grinded out slow Timberwolves game that makes the makes the Timberwolves maybe less than appealing to watch for some people who aren't fans of the Timberwolves, but this was a really good performance from the team and an exceptional performance from Towns.
1: Yeah, he's been playing on both ends of the ball, really. I mean, he's been playing complete basketball over the last, uh, you know, at least handful of games, um, which is, you know, really great to see him, you know, consistently play well on both ends of the floor, and that's really something that you know, specifically in the defensive end, that we really haven't seen from him consistently, which has been the biggest thing with Towns. So it's it's good to you know, and it kind of seems like, you know, I I don't know if this was necessarily the turning point or what happened, but you know, it kind of seemed like, um, what I think it was a couple of weeks ago when they played the Wolves played Denver when Towns said this is personal when he was going uh, up against Denver, and you know, maybe that's matchups, you know, with playing in his head, whatever, uh, whatever that comment stemmed from. I don't know exactly, but. You know, it kind of seemed like since that comment, he's kind of taken it up a notch a little bit on both ends, and it seems like he, you know, what Tibbs is always talking about is not taking, you know, games off or not, you know, and playing 100%, you know, having that multiple effort mentality that he always preaches. I mean, that's, you know, that's something that it seems like Towns is really, you know, thriving in, and, he, you know, he's really executing that well right now. So, you know, last night was another, you know, example of that. Like you said, Miles Turner, you know, he was held the obviously one point, but, you know, uh, towns ended up with you know six blocks and hauled in 14 boards I mean he, it was a, it was a great all-around performance for him and he played under uh, 40 minutes with which, which is also you anyway, know that's always a good thing when it comes to with the wolves and, and their high minute totals
0: well and Wiggins and Taj Gibson both play, both played 30 minutes uh butler with the 26 uh like you're saying on the Heel uh, or uh, going into a back to back here, really like seeing the lower mints that went deep into their bench against the Pacers. Really enjoyed seeing uh, Thibodeau pull those guys, knowing that the Lakers are coming to town tonight. So that that, that was nice for, for the Timberwolves just to get those guys some extra rest. Uh, the second thing I noticed was it was really good to have the Timberwolves go, up. they had their biggest lead in this one was 29 points. It was really encouraging to have them go up by 29 points. and not have the Pacers kind of make this game close. They won by 17, uh, and with a big lead like 29, you had them uh, kind of have a, a lead, 19 and 20-point leads, eaten into last week. So to have them gain a really big lead and then continue to dominate the rest of the game was was encouraging uh, look for the Timberwolves after last week.
1: Right, exactly. That's you know I think that's one of the biggest things was, or one of the biggest takeaways I took away from this game was, you know, that Minnesota didn't let them back in like they have, you know, numerous times over the last week or so in um, all season really uh, that, it, you know, that, that has occurred. So it was a good sign for, for Minnesota that, to basically, you know, step on the gas and not look back and not let the opponent back in. And most importantly, when that second unit did come in as well, you know, obviously the, the game ended up being, you know, 107 to 90, but you know, it, it was like you said, 29 points, uh, Minnesota was up by, but you know, it, seeing that second unit come in and not necessarily give up a lead um, so that the starters can actually sit out and they can rest up on, on a, you know, front end of a back to back, you know, that's a great sign. And that's, you know, that maybe that's a, a sign of, of maturity and maybe a sign of, you know, Minnesota's you know, working some things out and they're, they're starting to really figure things out where they, you know, they can kind of, you know, once they step out in in front of an opponent, they can kind of, you know, keep going and, and, and step on the gas. So that is a very good sign, uh, especially on the road, you know, obviously, Indiana has been a tough team uh, this year for for a lot of teams around the NBA, but you know Minnesota struggled with them. And obviously, like like we said earlier, that uh, Oladipo was out. But you know that was a it was a solid win, and that you know that's a that's a good sign. And now hopefully they can you know finish it off with the second half of the back to back
0: tonight. All right, my my third one, my third takeaway from this game is a little bit more than just this game, and it might be a little bit of a hot take. So I'm going to run past you, but first first we're going to go to a break. All right, so. My third takeaway from this game is I kind of step back because Towns really had me thinking in this one. I kind of step back and look at Towns' performance over the month of December. He's averaging twenty point two points per game, eleven point four rebounds per game. He's got uh, he's averaging two point one blocks per game. So here here's my theory that I wanted to run past you, Mitch. On a Monday morning, we'll we'll see how this shakes out. Hot take time. <laughs> my third takeaway from this game is that through the first few months of the season I uh, Butler was letting everybody do really well and he's taking that backseat role and he was letting everybody do really well trying to let everybody kind of develop and sync up in this system and they and they did do, there was a lot of performances especially from guys like Wiggins uh, you had towns averaging 24 points 24.1 points per game through October. They had looked really good. And then now you've seen Butler really step it up. He really wants to take over this team. And Dane mentioned it last week uh, when he was on the show that he, he wasn't sure if he liked that. Butler maybe was including Jamal Crawford and Taj Gibson into the offense more than Townsend Wiggins. It seems like he's really trying to test the rest of this team, that uh, the guys that he doesn't necessarily fully trust maybe. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but the rest of these the young guys on this team, it seems like December has been a real test when he's taken over it. The team and taking over the scoring ability and the, the scoring responsibility and the offensive production of the team, really taking over and kind of micromanage this team and seeing which guys have are kind of sinking and which guys are swimming. Towns seems to be one of those guys that is starting to to swim. Wiggins might be sinking. He might. He, it might be officially time to say he's sinking in this system. And so I don't know necessarily what that means for the Timberwolves going forward, but it seems like December has been a little bit of a test for these young guys. And Towns seems to be passing, and I'm not sure if Wiggins is. And I don't know what that means going forward for the team, but I'm not a huge fan of it because that doesn't seem to bode well for a guy like Wiggins.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. It, I agree with that 100%. It, you know, it, it definitely... This month, I think more than, you know, any other month this season, you know, we've we've kind of seen, you know, they've been working out the kinks. They're still working out the kinks with it, you know, even if we're halfway through the season. But you see it all the time with, you know, guys joining different teams or even, you know, look at Oklahoma City. You know, guys have to figure out how to work or how to play with each other. And I think that, you know, specifically Towns and Butler, they're starting to figure things out. They're starting to, you know, kind of, you know, figure out when are the right moments to take over a game? You know, Jimmy's obviously going to take over the game late. Um, you know, Carl can kind of figure out what, you know, what he's going to be doing, you know, the first three quarters. He can, you know, start the game off on a hot streak or he can take over if Jimmy's, you know, having a down night. Um, but, you know, it, w- Wiggins just kind of seems like the lost man in that group, which kind of, you know, that, that's, I don't know if it would necessarily be concerning, but I mean, it's a good problem to have those three options as well as, you know, Taj Gibson and Jeff T when he does come back from injury. But, you know, it, I agree with that, that, you know, it has been a big test this month. And, you know, I think it's good that they're going through it now rather than obviously going through it at the end of the season or, you know, having this happen at the end of the season um, because that could obviously impact them, you know, going into playoffs. But, you know, I think it's good that they're going through it now. They can kind of work out the kinks, kind of try and figure out how they can work together and how they can coexist within this offense. And, you know, if they can start to figure things out and if Wiggins can, you know, play that number three role that he's kind of been forced to, you know, move into this year, um, if they figure things out, I mean, they're, they're going to be a, a scary team. And, you know, I, the biggest piece, um, you know, I, I think you touched on it a little bit, you know, Towns is figuring things out. Jimmy's obviously been you know, Jimmy all season and he's kind of turned it up a notch, but the biggest thing is, is Wiggins and him, you know consistently you know putting up the numbers we're accustomed to seeing him put up obviously he's not gonna put up the caliber numbers he has you know his entire career because you know they added three guys to the starting lineup but um, you know it Wiggins is a big key to this this group and if he can figure things out and if he can you know be that that you know that that shooting specialist that you know really he's being forced to be this year um, you know I think that that that'd be huge if he could figure that out and if they can all thrive together
0: well and I the, the trade deadline is, is coming up faster than you think. Uh, we will do a show where we get a bunch of the guys who you hear throughout the week on the same show to talk about trade deadline stuff. So I'm not going to get into it now. But after the summer we had, just just don't be surprised by anything that happens close to the trade deadline and around the All-Star break. Just just don't be surprised by anything that happens. And I think uh, a month-long slump uh, like the one Wiggins is in, is something that you really look hard at as a team. So we'll, we'll get into all that later on, closer to the trade deadline, but j- just don't be surprised by stuff that happens by the trade deadline. Uh, anything else you want to take away from the Pacers game before I, I wanted to jump into the Lakers game that happens tonight, but anything you wanted to uh, say about the Pacers game before we, we move on here?
1: One thing, you know, that I was just kind of looking over the stat sheet right now, and, you know, the one thing that it's kind of a, you know a good sign uh, in my eyes is you know Minnesota's always played at a slower pace you know they've been they've been a slower team which like you said a little earlier in the show that you know that for to you know to people on the outside just casual fans that maybe don't watch every um, Wolves game that that can be kind of a boring style of play for them and maybe that you know they view the the Wolves as not being a very you know interesting or flashy team but um, you know, obviously the Wolves played at a, you know, a slower pace, but, you know, if you look at, at last night's game, they, you know, had, they, you know, busted out for 19 fast break points, which I think is, you know, that, that's huge. And I mean, obviously when, you know, they're playing like they were last night and they're jumping out to a lead, they're kind of, you know, free flowing and they're, you know, everything's really clicking, obviously, if if they're building that type of lead. Um, but that that's kind of a, I don't know, that was kind of something that jumped out to me. You know, it's always, I, I personally am somebody that likes when the Wolves end up pushing the ball. Obviously, I know. There's moments, and you know you got the game will tell you what what style of play you need to play, and obviously what you know the opponent and you know how how you're gonna approach that that way. But you know I like when the wolves you know push the ball a little bit, and it was kind of nice to see those you know those fast break points near the the twenty mark last night, which you know like like you mentioned earlier, everything was it was working for Minnesota, and that was just a, another thing that that
0: popped out at me. No, oh, yeah, that's that's something. That's, it's nice to see that the Wolves have that. That other gear that they can kind of flip into. Uh, I really do. When you're you're looking at teams, just as far as how they'll play, maybe in the playoffs and look at trying to project a little bit. Uh, Minnesota's still in that fourth spot, and they're 23 and 14 currently. Uh, Oklahoma City, as of right now, is 20 and 17, so they got a nice little cushion uh, right now too between themselves and in the next team. But if you're looking kind of projecting into the playoffs, the teams that do the best in the playoffs are either the ones who have superstar caliber a bunch of superstar caliber players on their roster or they're the teams that can do multiple things they can do a couple different things they can they can play a couple different styles and the Timberwolves really feel like they're starting to kind of now that they've figured out who they are as a team they're starting to kind of discover some maybe extra gears that they have and they're not all the way there yet with those gears but it's nice to see them in a game like this one where they really have control of the game to flip into where they're Picking up the pace a little bit throughout the game and and getting those fast break points, I, I do like that a lot from the Timberwolves.
1: Right, exactly, and you know, you know they shot is well, another thing is they shot four of nineteen from three, so you know that, that's obviously telling you that their shots weren't falling from deep. So maybe they're you know like you said trying to find a different way in Minnesota. That's what makes Minnesota so scary is they can beat you so many different ways with so many different weapons. Um, so I, you know when when the three ball is isn't falling or maybe shots aren't aren't falling from from the outside, that's that's maybe when they you know decide to start pushing up the pace and kind of you know running running the floor a little more so that's you know it's good it's a good sign that they're they're able to you know switch that up and able to do that and that they can play with different styles and with different types of teams and that's what you you kind of see in the western conference specifically is a lot of those teams like you know Golden State Houston they like to you know push the ball and they like to run the floor so that's it's a good thing that Minnesota has that capability but they also you know they can play a slow pace game and they you know they have that's really what they've done the last few years so um, you know it, it's it's a good good thing to have that you know that that, that second option and, and be able to be you know versatile like Minnesota is and play a couple different styles
0: that's for sure speaking of uh some explosive play the lakers put up 142 points last night and still lost this this was a crazy game i think from now on, if the Rockets and Lakers play each other, you just have to watch, because obviously going into Christmas, the Lakers knocked off the Rockets in a high-scoring game. Now, 148-142, the Rockets won. Wow. Just so many points going up. You had... Four of the five starters for the Lakers score twenty plus points. Uh, in the first game back for Chris Paul after a couple games out, he had twenty eight. He had forty from from Harden. Ariza had twenty six. What a what a crazy high scoring game. Back and forth, he had twenty three lead changes. Eighteen times the game was tied. This was an insane game, and it makes the. The Lakers look a little intimidating, not gonna lie, coming into this one. Now that now that the Timberwolves have to play host tonight against them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They, you know that they're a fun team when they can pull everything together. If they can get you know a couple more pieces, obviously they're, you know they they've been very vocal and very public about you know looking for that extra piece this off season and in the couple or you know the next coming years. Um, but you know they they have a lot of nice young pieces. I really like Kyle Kuzma. Um, You know, he's obviously having a great year and he, you know, he played well again last night um, for L.A. But, you know, they're they're a fun team. And, you know, it's when they, you know, it kind of seems like, you know, those teams that I don't want to say the Lakers don't have a lot to play for. But, you know, they're obviously 11 and 24. They're not going to you know make the playoffs. Um, You know, it's kind of fun to watch those teams because they're playing a free kind of loose style of basketball. And a lot of times when, you know, when teams are playing that kind of basketball and, you know, they, they have guys that like Kyle Kuzma that are just taking over games or Julius Randle like you was last night. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch and you have the capability of running into these types of games. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I, LA, LA is a fun team. Um, you know, obviously the NBA is better when, when they're a better team and when they're, you know, atop the top, the NBA or within, you know, the top teams. But, you know, I, I think that you know if they can get get some uh, pieces together here in the in the next uh, couple years, they're going to be a, a fun team, and a scary team for a while.
0: Well, and Kuzma, twenty seventh pick in the uh, 2017 first round of the NBA draft. Uh, but you don't have a lot of people talking about Josh Hart. He was one of the guys mm-hmm. I really liked in this draft, coming out of Villanova. I think he's a really good uh, guard because he's going to do a bunch of the stuff that maybe. Not everybody does. He's gonna do. He's gonna do the little thing, right? And he had 26 points in this game. Uh, he, the last, I would say, three weeks, he has looked really good. Gotten more minutes, especially with ball out, and he has looked really good. He is somebody that I thought the the. San Antonio Spurs would pick up, and then he's he's just kind of the stereotypical Spurs player that has averages like twenty points throughout February when nobody sees it coming. And I really I really like what he gives the team talking with uh, with the Lakers guys, uh, Harrison, uh, the host of the Locked On Lakers. They are really high on. Josh Hart and what he does and kind of the little things, uh, he, he's not going to turn over the ball and make the backbreaking turnover. He's one of the young guys who's going to be really careful, kind of in that Tyus Jones mold where he just desperately doesn't want to make the mistake as opposed to getting maybe stats. So he's a, he's a guy that maybe not a lot of people know about, but I would really look out for when he's playing the Timberwolves because he's going to make maybe a couple crucial steals late in the game or, or hit some shots that, that the team really needs and could make this game very close.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that, you know, he, he has been a big part of what, you know, what they're doing in the last, specifically in the last, you know, few handful of games Um, he's played really well. And that's, you know, that's, looking back at you know the draft that la had in you know the 2017 draft and the talent that they brought in i they i mean looking at it now they had a great draft obviously bringing kyle Kuzma, josh hart uh lonzo ball when lonzo you know puts it all together he's going to be you know very good as well um they they have some really good pieces and you know that josh hart you know i i I would, you know, he kind of, to me, he seems like that that player that would be, an, uh, you know, a great six man coming off the bench once they do, you know, add some more pieces, L.A. does in the next couple of years. But, I mean, man, they, you know, they have potential to have, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball all, you know, be solid players and be throwing another player in there, another, um, maybe say even if some, somehow it happens if LeBron comes to L.A. I mean, that, that's a scary team and that, you know, that's, that's a team that, you know, would be you know atop the NBA. I'm not saying atop the NBA as as far as you know the top one or two teams, but you know they would be right up there in the next couple of years, and they would they'd be sitting there for a while. So they they have a really nice uh, group of talent, and of course they still have Brandon Ingram, who who you know has the potential to be a, a great NBA player as well. So it's it's looking all right in LA, and I, I think that you know within the next couple of years they they're, they're going to end up putting everything together.
0: We're gonna get into what the Timberwolves need to do against the Lakers after this second break here. Against the Lakers, if the if the if the Lakers start to control the pace of the game and start to kind of pick things up and make this a a scoring back and forth, one of the other guys that I was looking at, uh, Brandon Ingram, he came back from into the lineup. uh, He was out for uh, what was it, two weeks? I think it was uh, with an injury, but. He was back in the lineup. They didn't really force-feed him shots. He played 44 minutes, only had 12 points, but he only took six shots, shot 50%. Uh, it seemed like they just didn't really want to force-feed him a bunch of shots, even though they had him playing a lot of minutes. Uh, kind of ease him back uh, a little bit, I guess, into that scoring role. Uh, plus, he had guys like Josh Hart who were shooting 69%. Uh, Julius Randle shot 68%, so they didn't really need him to have a huge night to stay in this game, but he's a, one of those guys uh, I think a lot of people are comparing or when he was coming into the NBA, they made that Kevin Durant comparison. And to me, he seems more of like a Bradley Beal where he's got the the icy veins and from outside he could at any time just feel hot and start scoring and put up a 20-point a game all of a sudden in a, in a, a real hurry.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree with that. And the the thing that makes him scary, and you see that with you know the likes of Kevin Durant or even uh, Christoph Przingis, they're just so lengthy and they're just so hard to stop. And when, you know, when they, you know, obviously when they're they're shooting, that's the thing that you see with uh, Kevin Durant specifically is you're, there's no way you can stop his shot or block his shot just because he's so long and his arms are so long. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that you're, that we're seeing with, with Brandon Ingram as well. And that's what makes him so, you know, appealing as far as being a, a top uh, NBA prospect and top NBA player. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's, it, specifically this year, it kind of seems like he's, I wouldn't say got lost in the mix in LA because he still is a big part of what they're doing, but he's maybe a little overshadowed with, you know, obviously Kyle Kuzma's, um, you know, emergence and, you know, bringing in Lonzo Ball, but, you know, he's also another piece that Brandon Ingram is that, you know, he, you know, when he figures everything out and he kind of pulls everything together, he's, he's going to be a great player too. And, um, you know, you see, you know, I agree with your, your Bradley Beal, uh, uh, you know, comparison, um, because he is that type of player, and he can be, uh, you know, a scary player in that in those areas. But you know, he he's just so lengthy, which makes him so tough, and he can play anywhere on the floor. And he's just a hard player to stop. And when once he gets going, and once he figures everything out, um, you know, he he's going to be a, a great player for uh, you know a long time in this league.
0: Call me naive in this one, but just looking even at this performance from the Lakers, but then comparing it to what the Timberwolves were able to do against them, uh, watching that game on Christmas Day. It really truly felt like Jimmy Butler, it was just too easy to score. Like it, he almost looked bored when he was scoring and driving in. Like there was very little resistance from the Lakers. The defense that they put up, it just looked like it. Butler looked so unimpressed when he was scoring, and they easily won that that game. Clint Capella had a terrible game for the Rockets the other night, and I think Towns is going to have a really good game against them. Uh, second chance points, they had 24. I don't think they get 24 second chance points again uh, tonight uh, for the Lakers. Uh, they let 58 points in the paint. Uh, they outscored uh, the Rockets for 82 to 58 points in the paint. That's not going to happen against the Timberwolves. I just... I really don't see them having as smooth of an offensive night against the Timberwolves. And on the other side, I just think Jimmy Butler, there's no guy that can stand up and really give Jimmy Butler trouble on the Lakers roster. And so he's going to, even if it's a close game and Kuzma's playing really well, he's going to get into the fourth quarter and he's going to take over. And I think Jimmy Butler is going to help the Timberwolves get about a 10-point win against the Lakers tonight.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, the thing, too, with that, that Christmas Day game is it kind of seemed like, you know, Minnesota had a handle on that game the entire time. And then, they, you know, like you said, it kind of at the end, they're like, all right, let's do, let's just take this game over. And they kind of step it up in the fourth quarter and, you know, came, came away with what ended up being a, a decently easy win. Um, so, I you know, I think that tonight's going to uh, knock on wood, go, you know, the same same way relatively. Um, you know, obviously, the Lakers last night with that double overtime game, they they you know they locked a lot of minutes, so I mean that that's going to be tough too. It, you know, as as important as it is at Minnesota, you know the starters didn't play that many minutes. You know, it's equally as important to look at LA and see that they did play quite a few minutes, and, and they're going to be on the road. So that you know that that plays. You know, that's all factors that that'll play into the game. And um, you know, I agree with you that you know LA is not going to have that same you know type of game tonight like they did the other night. You know, obviously they. They shot 105 times. They played Houston style of basketball, which is you know just kind of free flying, running up and down the floor. Um, so I mean, it, you know, it'll be it'll be different tonight, um, you know. And I think that you know, with with how tired uh, LA is going to be with you know playing that rugged game last night and that close game and logging a lot of minutes, um, you know, I think that that's going to be a, a nice recipe for Minnesota and, and to get a, a nice win at home uh, against the Lakers tonight.
0: Alrighty, now hit us up. Every week we go, or we had a hiatus from last week with uh, Christmas and all the festivities, but every week we usually go on Monday to Mitch's love-hate from the previous week of basketball for the Timberwolves, what he loved, what he hated, and tells you a little bit of maybe what you should be looking at when you're watching the Timberwolves basketball. Mitch, go ahead and give us your love-hate this week. All right,
1: we're going to start with uh, start with hate. I guess it's not necessarily not necessarily a hate, but, you know, obviously you don't like seeing uh, Jeff Teague go down like he did, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that with him going down, that obviously, uh, you know, brings up, you know, the lack of point guard depth that Minnesota has because, you know, now they basically just have ties um, running the point. But, um, you know, it, thankfully, you know, it, it doesn't sound like Jeff Teague going to be out as long as what, you know, could have, uh, um, ha- happened or what could have resulted with, with his injury. So that, that's, that's good news. Um, you know, hopefully he's, he's back in a couple weeks, but you know, that, that is an issue that, you know, Minnesota, I don't know if they, they'll they have to address it or maybe, you know, we'll see more Jamal Crawford running the point or Jimmy Butler, like he has in the last few games running, you know, initiate, initiating the offense more. But um, you know, that does kind of open up that, that conversation of the lack of point guard depth with, you know, basically you have Aaron Brooks and, and Tyus Jones right now. So, um, that that's something that you know that's that's kind of fallen fallen underneath my the hate category this week. Um, as far as you know, love you know I, I I like what I've been able to see from from Towns and Wiggins. So uh, in the last you know basically the last handful of games, um, you know the consistency that they've they've played at Wiggins. Obviously you know we we talked about this a couple weeks ago on this podcast that you know he he was struggling in December. And he had you know, he was putting up some of his you know career worst numbers in that month. Um, so in the last, basically the last handful of games, it kind of seems like he's, he's for one found his shot, maybe found a little bit uh, more confidence in in his shot, which is a great sign for Minnesota that, you know, that's something that, um, you know, when, when he figures things out and when, when he works his way into this offense, he's, you know, this team takes, takes off to another level, um, just because they have another option with, you know, with Wiggins. Um, but you know, we, we still need to see more from him, obviously, you know, it, it, when his shot is falling, that, that that's a great sign. He has improved defensively this year, which is obviously great. Um, that's obviously what what you want to see is improvement every year out of Wiggins and, and Towns, all the young guys, of course. But um, switching to Towns, you know, Towns has played great. We talked about this earlier. Towns has played some great basketball as a blade, um, and he, you know he's playing some of his best defensive basketball, which I think is more important um, when when looking at you know his play as a blade. So you know those two guys, they're 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 starting to figure it out, and they're you know they're they're Working their way into this offense, and they, you know, it kind of seems like they're they're starting to click more. So
0: that, that's what I what I love
1: uh, this week, and you know, hopefully we, we see more in the in the next coming coming weeks in the next games uh, this week.
0: Absolutely, and going back to Tiga uh, after watching that replay, uh, just thank God he didn't tear anything because mm-hmm. that could have been so much worse. But th- those are the love hate from Mitch Hansen this week, and uh, this has been another lockdown Wolves basketball. Podcast. Thanks again for coming on, Mitch. And uh, again, have a happy new year.
1: Yeah, thank you. I I, I always enjoy coming on, and hopefully, everybody has a good 2018. Hopefully, that uh, a lot of good things happen in Wolves basketball in 2018.
0: Absolutely. Make sure to go on after you're done listening to this podcast, go on to the zonecoverage.com website and check out all the written work that guys like myself, guys like Mitch, and all the rest of the staff on there have on zonecoverage.com thanks for joining us on another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.